Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. Was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my God, it's a reveal. I love a reveal. <laughs> you went the other way. Yes. <laughs> so good. We're here. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm here with my mittens. Yes. I am ready to go to Hawaii. You are wow. ready to go <laughs> to Vermont. <laughs> and for those of you who are not following us or watching us on social media, Sabrina right now is dressed in her best Hawaiian ensemble, <laughs> including puka shells. And <laughs> that I, I went am... on Amazon and purchased. Did you really? <laughs> nice. I love that. I'm oh, saying, yeah. Well, part of me is relieved that those weren't already in your wardrobe. <laughs> yes. And then I am dressed for the mountain. I've got my uh, ski hat, mittens, my zip-up shirt, and my, of course, my scarf. Uh, the one thing that is slightly embarrassing is the mittens, the hat, and the scarf I borrowed all from my wife. Oh, you look like a snow bunny. Yeah. <laughs> you ready? 
I am. Are you? I do. Do I look ready? <laughs> yes, you do. I am ready to go. Uh, as everybody can probably tell, this week we are hanging ten and hitting the slopes with a Disney legend and a decom must see. It is time, everybody, for a little Johnny Tsunami. It's so strange to do this in full mittens. Uh, this is a 1999 Disney Channel original movie. It debuted on July 24th, 99, and it's a beer uh, we think is Sabrina's favorite. Decom, is that? Are we close to being able to say that this is your favorite one? I. I'm I'm going for it. I okay. loved this movie. It's got two of my favorite activities to do, surfing and snowboarding. Wow. So in wrapped up in one film. Now, when people heard we were doing this podcast, this was one of the most asked about movies. This and Brink, which is it's a bit of a, a, a spiritual sibling to Brink. Yes. You have to say Brink. Yes. Uh, with some obvious similarities and a major focus on extreme sports. You might say that Brink walked... So that Johnny Tsunami can run, huh? And oh. in the complex magazine top 25 decom list, we talked about this before. This was number two. And on Entertainment Weekly's countdown, they had it at number 10 out of 30. So this is an absolutely beloved title and not just by my co-host, Sabrina. Actually, before we get into this, I'm going to take off all this stuff because it's it's normally hot in my booth. And now it's ridiculously hot in my booth. Uh, so I'm going to... So walk me through it. Walk, you are a, a young Sabrina, and on your screen comes Johnny Tsunami. Tell me about it. What happens in your life when you see this movie? Okay, so first of all, I knew it was coming out because I auditioned for this. Did you really? I did. I auditioned and um, got several callbacks. Uh, later on, a couple years later, I actually— For Emily, obviously. You auditioned yes, for the part for of Emily. Emily. Okay. Yep. And no, for Johnny. <laughs> well, hey, you never know. They could have gone a different route. Could have gone a different yeah, route. Right. Actually, I would have loved that. Um, and I remember being really excited. Well, I, I was excited because of snowboarding, but at that time I was really into surfing. I loved it. Um, and so I on my resume had I could snowboard and I could surf. So I really <laughs> thought I was like gunning for you this were role. In. You were I in. I thought I was in because I really could, you know, and, and I loved it. It was something both of those things are vacation things that my family and I did a lot. Um, you know, going up to Big Bear. Um, I was going to say, and both you could do in California, unlike in California. poor Johnny, who, who could, you can go one place or the other. One place or the other. You, I could, know, do, that's you, could, you could surf in one place and ski in the other, but you couldn't do both. Whereas we live in California. In the same day. Yeah. In the same day. You could start at sunrise and then yep. head up to the mountain. It's amazing. <laughs> so I do remember this movie once it came out. Obviously, Bummed I didn't get the role because it was looked like it was going to be such a fun movie with yeah. a bunch of kids, like a huge, you know, cast of young actors. So it's just always fun to film. Uh, and I remember loving it, loving it, thinking it was so cool that they were letting a young cast do a movie like this instead of it being a bunch of, you know, about a pro surfer, a pro right. um, boarder. This is just like kids that just love it. And I thought Brandon was great in it. He was so sweet. I loved his his character in it, but you know, during the audition process, he had been auditioning quite a bit. So I knew him a little bit, not ton, okay. but a little bit during the audition process. So I remember when it came out, I was just really excited that this was going to be one of the biggest things he had done at that point, right? This was and a huge huge opportunity for him. So rewatching it 25 years later, did it did it hit all the same buttons it did when you first watched it? Was it was it as good? Do you remember it the same or Absolutely. I don't 
remember being able to tell that that was not, in fact, the actors uh, surfing or snowboarding so often. Yeah. That didn't hit me back in the day where yeah. the first scene of the when he's riding the wave, I'm like, that guy's like he looks like he's at least a half a foot taller than than Brandon, you know, out on that surfboard. So that I didn't catch on to when I was younger. Um, you don't notice that, which which is the thing about Brink that was so amazing was that you they shot it seamlessly, so you could never tell who was the actor, who was the stunt person. Yes, and this was after. This Brink. was after Brink. Yeah, this one not as good. No, the difference in of, that in that regard in of that regard. how that was, yeah. you know. Yeah executed was not on the level as, as Brink was. Yeah. And um, I don't remember that back yeah. then. So, so the, di- the difference, again, we talked about this because I know some people were a little upset with my critiques of Brink. Um, <laughs> and what people have to remember is I am watching these with no nostalgia attached. I was right. older when these came out. So I'm just watching them as movies. And I have to remember that, that I, you know, people are very attached to these films. But that being said, I really liked this movie. I, 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 I did. I really liked Johnny Tsunami. I thought this story was great. He is one of the most, not, not just him, but uh, he and his grandfather are essentially two of the most likable characters that have ever been on a Disney Channel movie. Why was that man not my grandfather? Sorry, they, I love my grandfather, but <laughs> oh my God, how cool. It's great. Yeah, No, he was so cool, but it was also like, you know, there's, you you get into these things where hey we have to move and the obvious character is is to kind of the, the writing the normal writing of a film like this would be i can't believe we're moving i have so much going on here johnny just kind of took everything in stride he's like okay i move he's like you're moving in a week he's like uh, th- okay that okay. was one of my first things wait i'm like okay I guess, well wait well we got, we got we'll get we'll get into all the specifics <laughs> we'll get into all the specifics before we get there let's just welcome you to magical rewind the show that makes you want to grab your friends your pjs and your popcorn and go back to a time when all the houses were smart the waves, tsunamis. Yes, we've been saying that. And the high school's musical. I'm Will Friedle. And I'm Sabrina Bryan. Bra, before we wipe out, let's read the synopsis, okay? <laughs> so Johnny Kapahala is a teen surfing sensation who's forced to move from Hawaii to a tiny ski resort town in Vermont. When he gets caught in the middle of a long-standing battle between the local prep school skiers and the public school snowboarders, with two of the, the greatest names, by the way, the Sky and then the Urchins. We'll get into all yes. that. Uh, his legendary grandfather helps him become the best athlete on the mountain. Um, the movie has a bit of a Mandela effect because Johnny Tsunami is not actually the main character of the movie. Johnny Tsunami was his grandfather. And do you know that it takes a while to realize that? I mean, <laughs> you know, and rewatching it, I'm like, that's right. That's his great. That's not even him. So that is kind of funny. That is. And the other thing that's very strange is um, the actor who played his dad and the actor who played his grandfather were like nine years apart in age. Uh, really? So, yeah. So the I didn't guy, think you could tell that. Yeah. So the guy who who the played the grandfather was only nine years older than the guy who played his son. Wow. But uh, the movie. Awkward. We'll get into the cast. <laughs> the movie stars Brandon Baker as Johnny Capahala, the culture shock surfer now finding himself on the slopes. Brandon he played Mowgli in the 1998 Disney Jungle Book spinoff. Mowgli story and would later end up on a few episodes of Even Stevens and The Proud Family. He has since, and I love kind of reading stuff like this, he's since completely retired from acting and is living in Colorado as a wedding officiant. Could you imagine Johnny Tsunami doing your vows for you? How cool would that be 
where was this information five years ago when, when you I got, got married? married? Because I would have been calling Brandon. Would you? I need you to do it. <laughs> Bruh, do you take this woman? Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> To ride the wave for the rest of your life. ride the eternal barrel with you for the rest of your life. Wow. Johnny's best friend is Sam, who is a public school snowboarder or an urchin, played by the late Lee Thomas Young, who passed away in 2013 at the age of 29. He had an incredible resume when he passed away. Uh, He was from the Friday Night Lights movie over 50 episodes of Rizzoli and Isles, but was probably best known, especially to our fans, as the famous Jet Jackson on the Disney Channel original series of the same name, which was his first role. His first role ever, he was the lead in his own Disney Channel Really? I did not know that. That is unbelievable. What a great role to book from the get-go. Right from the get-go, but he was... So good. And so good in this movie. I love Sam. I do too. I loved him. He was so sweet. One of my only criticisms, really, there's a couple small ones, but one of them was I would love to have met him earlier. I, f- I felt like we met the the best friend a little bit. Like they set it up that maybe it would be the Emily character, but then his yes. best friend who was like his boy the whole time. They, I thought they could have brought him in a little sooner because he was such a good character and the, the yeah. two of them were so great together that right. I would love to have seen more of that, frankly. Yeah. So loved him. Yeah, he was amazing. I wish there would have been like some way that he could have stuck around too. Right? Like not move. Right, yeah. We're at the end, it kind of worked. But again, that was one of the things I liked about this movie was it was very real you know it you're in a real. military family tuesday you live somewhere you wednesday go. you're somewhere else yeah um yeah it was i liked every aspect of that and then carrie hiroyuki tagawa is johnny tsunami the hawaii surf legend he's been in hundreds of things you've seen him from mortal Kombat to nash bridges he's all over tv and movies for decades he is a very famous character actor and it's so strange to see him playing the good guy which was pretty awesome i loved it i was sold yeah me too and then there's Kirsten Storms, who plays the love interest, Emily, who could have been Sabrina. Was not. (laughs) But she's also in the DCOM classic Xenon Girl of the 21st century, which we will be watching because that's another one uh, we get asked about all the time. She was a co-star of mine, but we... We never met the whole time. We we did Kim Possible for years and years and years. And I don't think I have ever actually met. Uh, if I have and I forget, I'm sorry. She probably forgets me too. And she's now a soap opera, you know, has become a soap legend. opera legend. Five legend. years on Days of Her Lives and now 20 years and running on General Hospital. 20 years oh. on the same show as Maxie Jones. Wow. Could you imagine being on a show for 20 years? How amazing is that? Yeah. The run of the Cheetah Girls was seven years and that felt like decades. I mean, it felt way longer. So I can't even imagine what actually being on a show for decades would be like. And, you know, Boy Meets World was seven years, but you rehearse, rehearse, and then you shoot a day or two of the week Uh, for a soap opera. You're shooting Every, Every single day. day. Yes. It's crazy. Because that's pretty hard work, too. Oh, it's brutal. The way they go on and how quick they move through. Pages a day. I went When I did Bold and Beautiful, I had done quite a few like guest starring things, but not on the pace that yeah. you have to have. I mean, that that is awesome. You got to know your stuff. You got to know your character. You got to know your lines. You're getting pages and pages a day. Page, and it's and they change Every single day. And they change it. Yeah. In the morning. Yeah. Anyway. I hope we get a chance to talk to her. And then Mary Page Keller is uh, rounding out uh, Johnny's mom. 
Uh, and uh, Yuji Okamoto is his dad, his cold as ice dad, we'd like to say. And a lot of people <laughs> yes. probably know him as chosen in The Karate Kid 2. And then he uh, brought the character back, of course, for uh, the new show that's, that's yes. been on, Cobra Kai. Which I remember when I first watched this, this is one of the things I couldn't get past that he was that guy in Karate Kid. I hated that guy in Karate Kid. So it was of very course hard. You're to, that's what makes him so good. <laughs> when he comes on as Johnny, you know, as the dad. So many bad people. Yeah, I'm like, I uh, don't like you already, sir. And yeah. you're not very nice to your son. <laughs> Between Yuji and uh, Hiroyuki, they're two legends at playing bad guys that came on and played two very nice people. Because, again, talking about Brink, we we laid into the dad character a little bit who right. seemed a little more angry at the world. Yes. Yuji's character in this movie seemed more like he was angry at his own father. And so he mm-hmm. was overcompensating with Johnny as opposed to being angry at him. He thought what he was doing was for the best, which right. lightened him up a little bit from yes. the from Brink's dad. But um uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a great cast all the way around, I thought. All the way. Uh, the bad guys were great at being bad guys. The good guys were great at being good guys. It was pretty great. Uh, it was directed by Stephen Boyum, who was a stuntman for almost 100 movies, including Days of Thunder, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, True yeah. Romance, and Groundhog Day. A true legend with all that stuff. And he would find himself as a director starting in 1998 with TV movies like Johnny Tsunami, Motocrossed. So good. Mom's got a date with a vampire, and now he's a uh, TV director for shows like The Boys, Hawaii Five O, and NCIS Los Angeles. Been working forever, uh, doing some huge done. projects. Yeah, from being from being a stunt person, moving yeah. all the way to director uh, and everything in between. I'm sure, but another directing Disney Channel legend. When you've got motocross, tsunami, and Mom's got a date with a vampire, all stuck there. Um, it is a tight. 88 minutes. It is the yeah. perfect decom run, which is close to the 90 minute mark. Um, and it was it was nominated for the Humanitarians Prize in 2000, uh, which is great. Now, apparently, were you aware of this? There's a sequel. No, I was not aware of it until I was on Disney Plus. And there it was. And so you haven't watched yet because we're going to have to watch this at some point. Yes, I have not watched the sequel. I didn't either. I didn't even know there was one. It's called Johnny Capahala back on the board and was released in 2007 with a lot of the same actors. Yes. So we're going to have to check that out. Absolutely. I am. I, you know, that took just the same way as Descendants. It took everything in me to not just go ahead and watch it because I loved rewatching the first one. And it was like, where did we take these characters? Yes. What happened next? Are they back in Hawaii for real? Like, oh, so awesome. You said at the beginning that you loved both surfing and skiing. Yeah. Which, which one are you better at? I snowboarded. Oh, so you, you were an urchin. I was an urchin. (laughs) You were an urchin. (laughs) Total urchin. I was not a sky. Um, I started off skiing when I was little. I went for the first time when I was three. But by the time, especially this movie came out, you know, junior high, before then, about sixth grade is when I started snowboarding. And to be quite honest, that first scene of him trying out snowboarding was very, very close to what I look like (laughs) on the poor Mammoth Mountain that whole weekend. (laughs) That's but that's what that's true though, right? Isn't that what you look like the first time you're trying? You're catching edges and doing all this oh, stuff. I didn't know how to stop. I only took a half day to of class where you're supposed to do the full day. Apparently, the second part of the day is when they teach you how to stop. So I had not learned how to stop. How I would stop was tuck and roll. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that worked. Can I ask why you bailed on the class halfway through? Because I just, I thought I, I thought I was good. I was like, oh, I got this. I'm totally good. I'm totally good. We were up in Mammoth. We were staying, um, close to a, a friend of my dad who had a, like an older son who was going to take us out onto the mountain after that like class. And so we took half the day and then he's like, you guys think you're good? And I'm like, totally, let's go. I can and do this. No problem. <laughs> I got it. And so my poor friend and I, we also didn't know how to edge very well. Just what they call leafing, where you just go on your heels. So you go to the left and the right leafing. So you're just going back and forth this way, not going heel toe, heel, toe, which is what you're supposed to do. Is that another, wait, what is leafing the thing you're supposed to do? Or are you supposed to do? No, other, leafing no. is when you don't know what you're doing. So ah. heel, being on a heel on the mountain, using your heels into the ground is way easier. It's super comfortable. You can sit on the back of the board. Well, that's what he says to him. That's what he's, as he's teaching him, totally. that's completely what he says to him is like, yeah, you got to yes. in the front of the board, surfing back of the board. Otherwise you go straight down, which is yeah. what I did. Knocked out a couple of kids in their own ski school and tucked and rolled. You took out some skies. <laughs> on your way down and then tuck yes, and roll all the way there. That's awesome. It was awful. I was terrible on that mountain and it was incredibly unsafe, but I made it and I'm an okay snowboarder now. I'm yeah. not, I'm no longer that level. No, that's me <laughs> on any board. So I've never tried snowboarding. I can ski a little bit. I just learned how to stop like two years ago. Okay. But uh, I've tried surfing once in Hawaii and it was literally, you know, the guy taking you out and pushing you into the wave and then going, stand Push, up, yeah. stand up. That was on the longboard. That was, uh, that was my extent of, uh, of doing that. But one of the things much like Brink or any of the other movies that we've been watching, one thing I've noticed, especially from this era of the Disney channel movies, the music is phenomenal. Unbelievable. I don't remember being like thinking about the music. I don't know if because of where my career's taken me, I'm I'm so in tuned into music and soundtracks and scores. Again, I, I was blown away. They nail this Scott. Like whoever was really picking the music at this point of yes. the channels like was era hip. was should have got a raise. So good. I mean, you just the every montage of the snowboarding. It was so good. Whoa. It was like watching one of those Warren Miller videos of people back in the day snowboarding and skiing. I I must have shazammed four different songs. Yes. As I was watching this movie, they were great. There is one really big song that was on the radio towards the end of the movie. Was it during? I'm trying to think of. I wish I would have like jotted it down. Was it Fastballs the Way? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that was that. That was a big one that they had there. But it was also like that still comes on the radio. It did because it's great. It's Jeffrey's great. fan club uh, was there. I mean, it was um, Jesse Camp who was the winner of MTV's "Want to Be a VJ" contest. I mean, it was you name <laughs> it. This soundtrack hit it out of the park, and it was perfect. We were talking about the last Brink montage, where all of a sudden there was like that slow song that came out of nowhere that took you out of it a little bit. Yeah, this was one song after another that was just, just brought you right into the boarding or the skiing or whatever. Totally, it did. It it just swallows you into being in that era with the music that was the only thing you would really hear on the radio. I mean, you know, it just, it was, un, it was, a, every choice was just spot on. Every choice. All the way around. And All the way. Now, since we're talking about the montages and we're talking about a lot of the, the snowboarding and skiing scenes and the surfing scenes, I guess, we mentioned this briefly, but 
this movie did not do nearly as well in hiding the stunt people. The stunt I doubles. Mean, not even close. No. I mean, no. there were... And I guess... I guess with with rollerblading, it's quicker cuts and and there's people spinning very quickly. Whereas the yeah. snowboarding scenes, there's kind of big long shots where you're staying on them for a long time and you can really tell it's not them. Yes. Well, okay, so here here's my take on it. Yes, agreed. The especially with surfing. With surfing, I think you are dead on what we're talking about. They're longer shots. He also the surfers also are only wearing trunks. Right. So when you see the surfer's body and then it changes to Johnny's body, there's a giant difference. <laughs> like, of it looked like an older, you know, m- more developed guy. And then you got Johnny, who it was so cute in the beginning of the movie. I loved to, to see that he was actually playing Mowgli because he kind of looked like like without his shirt on and his hair and everything kind of just tromping around. He did have the hair, didn't he? Constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. never wearing never wearing clothes like at the beginning. But also with the big smile on his face and, and the kind yes. of he gives off the Mowgli kind of vibe totally. of just being happy and enjoying exactly. life. Yeah. Loved it. But then I so I I saw that obviously at the beginning, but then I I assumed because in snowboarding the how much you can maneuver around the mountain and they're fully clothed and they've got hats on I would have thought that I would they have could not hide it noticed it and it would have been hidden a lot better right that that was kind of surprising to yeah. me when it came with the surfing I get it but with the snowboarding that was a little surprising to me because I well, thought that was more on the lines of the rollerblading me too with the helmets and and but it was it was really noticeable in this movie and then the other not problem I had but just kind of amazing thing is you look at we've talked about the differences in between what would be normal standards and practices back in the day compared to now where like especially the skiers nobody's wearing a helmet no one the snowboarders grab some helmets but the skiers are not a helmet in sight in the whole movie they would never allow that nowadays of course yeah i mean the last one of the last times i went i just hit some snow so hard and landed straight on my back and i happened to do it right in front of like a ski patrol person and the guy's like ma'am Okay, we'll just move past that. But he's like, ma'am, we might want to start thinking about wearing a helmet. Yeah, smart. (laughs) True. I do now have children. They need me. Yeah, protect the noggin. I probably should be a little bit safer. (laughs) Well, speaking of falling, did you see the guy? So it's the first day that um, his friend Sam is teaching him how to snowboard. Right. And so he puts Johnny on the board. He goes down the hill. He's getting a little better. And then he tries the half pipe for his first time. Yeah. He goes up a little bit and he falls backwards. But in the background by about 20 feet, somebody just goes up and wipes. Yes. I mean, there is a hard hit to the point where even the actors. That was one of my Sabrina C's. Oh, was it? Yeah. That was such a good moment. I rewound it. He wipes over and over again. It was hilarious. I could. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You can see the actors even looking. Yeah. Like, oh. It's like, wow, that guy just wiped. I mean, he comes down hard. Hard. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 
16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Hello, 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to talk a little bit about some characters in in the movie. Okay. Um, Starting with Johnny Tsunami himself. This guy is supposed to be a legendary Hawaiian surfer, but he's also supposed to be a quote-unquote beach bum. His, His own son is like, he's a surf bum. He does this. And yet he appears to live in this gorgeous house four feet that from the water. One of my Sabrina sees. Oh, what? <laughs> he is like oceanfront living in like pretty much not mansion, but the a nice place. Furniture is really nice. Like, yeah. I mean, there's that's what makes it kind of like. What's your dad's problem? Like, the guy seems like he's got it together. He doesn't seem like he's a beach bum. Like, no, he might follow the surf or do what he's got to do, but he's obviously doing well for himself. Clearly, he's got a second job of something, or those those competitions he is is paying him very well. Yeah. Or he found gold somewhere or something, because that guy's, that's a multi-million dollar house right on the water in Hawaii. Right. I mean... <laughs> Yes. I'm taking all your Sabrina C's. You are. You really pay it attention this I round. I saw some things in this one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it, once again, and I think we've we've we're starting to notice as we're unfolding these movies and we're watching one after another, we're starting to see some very real Disney Channel tropes. We've yeah. talked about annoying younger sister. We didn't didn't have that. We had a lot. He was an of, only child this episode, right? Only child, and so was Sam. Unless we don't know much about her her home life, um, Emily also appeared. It seems like there was a bunch of kind of only child. So they didn't have that trope. They do, however, still have the dad's not a huge fan of the life choices that you're making. Of your dreams. Of your dream. Yeah, right. And He's a dream crusher. This guy was nicer about it. It almost seemed like they wrote it in such a way where he was angry at his own dad. Mm-hmm. So he was... He, not taking that out on his son. He was never like mean to his son. It was more, I'm going to, for your own good, move you away from this thing that I think is going to suck your life away. <laughs> so it, as a 14 year old, <laughs> right? So it, it seems like they lightened him up a little from the dad yes. from Brink, but it's still that same kind of Disney trope of why are, I know you're good at this, but don't follow your dreams with the dad. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I am going to agree with you in the sense that it's lightened, but it still to me is strange. It's just why you're a grown up and your kid likes to surf. He's not even asking to 
get out of school to serve no. or, or, you know, he's doing this when he's done with school. He's not ditching to go do this. He's just enjoying now. He found a new passion. Yeah. You made him come here. Why wouldn't you be happy that he's just at least happy to be there? He's got a group of friends. Especially the first talk in Vermont happens after you see him at lunch eating by himself, Dad. Yes. Hey, I found something that I like to do with a group of people that are willing to go do it with me as a new yeah. person. Why wouldn't you just be happy? So that it wasn't as harsh, but it was still there. And it still and stung to me a little bit. Me too. I agree with you 100%. And the other thing that was so interesting was his dad didn't have a problem with him going with the skies to go skiing. Right. He didn't have the problem until he started snowboarding with the urchins. Then it was like, oh, now he's going down the path that of being a snow bum. Like right. his father was the beach bum or, you know, so. It was too close to home with the board. If you'd get two yes. skis, it's different. The one board, out of here. Well, I think no. it was more about status. It's like the class of, I want you to, you know, he dresses him in the, when he finally gets a school uniform, he's like, hey, oh, yeah. now you look like you could fit in better. Right. Which again, I have, I find it hard to believe that his dad grew up in some shack. Right. Because it's not shown that way. No. It's not like he's having the new opportunity of being around, you know, wealth. And you didn't seem like you came from anything much worse than right. what you guys are. They didn't seem to make him like he was a kid from the wrong side of the tracks. They just made no. him from the other side of the country, which is two completely right. different things. Totally. Um, but they also make Johnny so likable i know I, everything about this kid down to the down to like everything you would normally see in a disney channel movie y you know the bad the quote-unquote bad guys come to his locker johnny pulls out the magazine they're like what is this and he's like oh great surfing magazine you should check it out just give it back to me when you're done like he was right. like sharing and by the way <laughs> page 17 is a whole article on me no big happens to be me never mentioned it <laughs> But he's just like, he's just the nicest guy in the world. I was like, no, brah. I just, you know, they, he wasn't this stereotypical, you know, fighting back against Aggressive, these Aggressive, yes. getting into it. No. Although I would say the, you know, arch nemesis here, there was a couple, there was maybe one too many little, little things that Johnny just kind of snaps at him as he's walking past him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For there to not have a fight happen. I see what you're saying. To, uh, he escalated it a bit. Yeah, kind of got away with it about one too many times for right. me. Of like, all right, yeah, I went to high school. That would not have gone yeah. down. You've, you've now poked the bear too many times. Right. It's like Johnny has left you alone uh, in Karate Kid. And why are you going <laughs> to dump water on his head at the dance? Like, he's left you well enough alone, dude. What are you doing? Leave him alone. Um, <laughs> I think we should also briefly touch on the ridiculous number of times some of these characters almost died. Why do they almost die so many times? Why were they not more panicked when they were hanging off the mountain? Like hanging, I'm okay off a mountain. He, he he calls down to Emily. Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm stuck. It would have been like, <laughs> no, Sam, come get. I'm about to die off yeah. the edge of this cliff. There is nothing that's gonna catch me. This is it. Not. I'm stuck. I yeah. I that should have been a little bit more of an emergency situation. I agree with you a hundred, but it's also if, so they bring her on the mountain for her. She shows up on the mountain. They don't bring her. She shows up yeah. by herself. She's like, I can do this. They're going down 
a, just a regular route. And then she takes a slight left to death. <laughs> Is there's no, there's, I, I don't snowboard, I don't ski. So this could be how mountains are. I have no idea. And everyone's probably going, no, this is what mountains are like. They if you are. just happen to turn left, you're now off the mountain. But damn. Sometimes when you're snowboarding and skiing, you do kind of go, you know, okay, this is not for a beginner. This got but gnarly there are suddenly. clearly beginners around me. This is, you know, because it does go just drops off like that. Yeah. There are signs, which they did show. That yes, she definitely. did not see. They did yep. see show the signs. Um, but on a board, especially with her being her first day on, she couldn't control it enough. It didn't matter if the signs were there. There was no walls. No, <laughs> it was nothing. Just, it just she went like this. She slightly turned to the left to the right and then, and, the, and then down. Down. And that was the other thing, is when they cut from what looked like a kind of peaceable, nice trip to then all of a sudden her sliding down. The su- the face of a mountain Forever. towards a rock ledge. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, oh my! How far is this gonna go? I didn't know that they actually allowed people to die in Disney movies. I'm I mean, <laughs> crazy that there's she's hanging on all the stuff. The the, uh, the urchins they're all helping her, but then he rides down the mountain, saves her life, saves, saves Sam's life. life too, brings yeah. over to, and the next day at school. She's, She's pissed, pissed at him. She's pissed at him. What? Emily. 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 <laughs> this guy just saved your life. After not inviting you, by the way. Yeah, you came on your own. This yep. was your decision, and you're now pissed? That's when she lost me. This is the bar scene <laughs> from the- President's <laughs> Don. This is the Halle bar All scene. All over again. It is the, it's the same thing. She lost me. I didn't like her anymore. I was done. I was done with Emily. I, she, I, I thought if I, if I am going to do any criticism of the movie, the two I had, the t- two big ones I had were one, I would like to have seen Sam earlier because I loved their dynamic. Yes. And that best friend kind of vibe I would like to have seen more of. And two, and I don't blame Kirsten Storms for this at all. They didn't really develop her character. Nothing. No. They, it was... She was his friend. Then she wasn't his friend. Then she was kind of his friend again. And that was that was it. It was there was no real kind of impetus to get her back into the movie at all. It was it was. Strange. I'm wondering, but this movie, see, no, because this movie filmed in 1999, and you said the sequel came out in. 2007 so that's a big gap so I was gonna say because maybe I'm interested in if the same characters are in that sequel is this a romance that was this just the start of it with this idea that we're gonna do a sequel and that's when we're gonna go into the romance oh I hate to tell you this we just got it we just got a message from uh our producer Jensen Karp she does not come back for the sequel Oh, my guess is she tried to wow. snowboard again and went down the other side of the mountain and couldn't grab the rock this time. And that was and, it. And Johnny wasn't there. Johnny wasn't there to help her this time. Because he remembered how pissed she was the first time. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Emily. Oh, Rest man. in peace. That's so sad. Wow. So, yeah. I But I, I thought that same thing where it was just kind of they didn't really develop her at all. Because I thought, mm-hmm. you know, you get into the Disney Channel movie, you figure... She okay. She's the best friend. They're setting her up as the best friend. Then she's she going to help him incorporate anything, and then she's not. Like she's not. Fifteen minutes later, Sam comes in. It's like, oh, there's the. Oh, that's the dynamic I was looking right. for. And so again, I just thought they could have done a little more with her character. Right. Um, the biggest thing that for me was shocking when she was was because there was a moment 
when she first gets pulled up and the the ski patrol is there and Johnny's the one that's right there. There's like a face-to-face moment that they have a little love connection. Yeah. And then she's upset. And then, of course, you jump to the end where it's the awkward junior high dancing. Oh, that was that was rough. It's still the only way I know how to dance. That was rough. That's that's it. That's how I dance all the time. That's it. And it's fun. That is not it. That is not it. It's great unless you're listening to Stairway to Heaven and then the fast part starts in the middle and you don't know where to go from there because you, you're doing... <laughs> my wife and I, no joke, my wife and I at least once a week, we awkward seventh grade dance in our kitchen. I love it. So we still do that all See? the time. Uh, here's the other thing. At one point during this film, the dad, we've, we've established the dad is is kind of the jerk the entire time. Trying to save him, but is, again trying to keep him away from his grandfather, who seems to be actually a wonderful influence on him. Mm -hmm. He's obviously dealing with his own issues with his dad. Those can be very real and tough. But they get to the point where both Johnny and Sam feel like they can't stay anymore. And they just cut to a beach in Hawaii. And apparently, they have stowed away on a military transport. Which has got to be against the law in a which, if anybody ways. knows the military, it's it's pretty easy to sneak onto a military trip, and it's like an eleven hour flight. Yeah, there, there's got to be so many laws that that breaks. Oh man, in just such epic ways, and it's just even with the parent. I mean, you would think Sam's dad would be livid, like livid. freaking out. Yeah, he just got a promotion. He just got a promotion, and now his son has not only gone, but has taken another yeah. civilian. Uh, yes. What, what did he? What did he call his his civilian? Um, his civvies. Yep. His civvies <laughs> are the clothes I got to put on my civvies. <laughs> civvies. I don't know if that's a real word. I want to ask. It is. That's it what is. They well, called that's it? what that's what they call it. It's like I got to take off your uniform and put on your civvies. And as, so, my dad civvies. was in the navy. Reserve. Okay. Okay. Good. good and to there know. is All right. there is a a uh, the the sub base near us in Groton, Connecticut, is the base that I used to spend my time on. So okay. I know that we would get dependent cards. So you could get a dependent card to get on and off the base, like you were the dependent of uh, uh, somebody who was in okay. the, in the military. So Sam definitely could have gotten on base. Not a problem. I think he probably could have brought his friend. So that part is very plausible. Okay. But okay. then the idea. That they're stowing away, stowing away on like a C one thirty or some kind of plane that is going to take them eleven hours to Hawaii to where they're then just walking on the beach. Then you got to land at the military base. You got to sneak off the plane. You got to get. It's a whole nother Disney movie. And there's no Ubers. How are you getting around? No. I mean, maybe a taxi. Do they have taxis that come from the base? I don't know. But they just... specifically said they don't have any money. So how did they get from? I mean, I'm guessing. I, did they say where he lived in Hawaii? No, I don't believe so. So if I he lived close so. to Pearl, if he lived close to Pearl Harbor, I mean, maybe then they can they could get a lift yeah, from there. Yeah, away with it. No, I, yeah, it's, it's extraordinary. I mean, those are just uh, for that to really happen. And again, just like we saw with like descendants, how quickly it is taken in. Someone gets a little upset and we move right along. Like, right? There's, <laughs> that's it. Boom, boom, done. Like that's yeah. just, it's just right along. And we just can continue. You know, I, I was, it almost got me. I start, was definitely thinking, now, I'm here for his grandpa because he seems cool, but you're not going to call the parents. And then, sure enough, next scene, 
he's on the phone with the parents. But so the talk with the dad and the grandpa, I was cracking up because this grandpa was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Your, <laughs> yeah. your idea of how this is going to go down doesn't really work with me. So bye. Click. Yeah. I mean, it was, That's you know, it. I think of my parents with, with Monroe now, right? They are so, both of the sets of grandparents are really catering to my needs of how to, how I want to parent sure. Monroe and stuff. Sure. And this is not the case no. for Johnny and no. his, Johnny Tsunami and his son. Not the case at all. I mean, it could be to the point where I can say, mom or dad, no more cookies. Okay. I know chocolate chip cookies is a pop, is a, is yeah. a papa thing, but sometimes it's just too much. And my dad will say, okay. Yeah. This did not happen then. No, that was like, <laughs> hey, my son stowed away on 11-hour flight. Uh, can you please send him back? Or at least put him on the phone with me. And he's like, no, he's sleeping. <laughs> like, he right. wouldn't even put him on the no, phone with him. No, not even put him on the phone. He's safe. He's sleeping. He's here. I got him. Bye. Oh, uh, uh. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we get finally to the, the, you know, the end of the film and they do the great Disney Channel thing where you've got it. We're going to race for the mountain. Yes. Um, I loved that his grandfather came with him back to Vermont. I also loved because it's I, and I know some people are like, come on, that's not real that he hopped on a snowboard right away and was great at it. But there is a very famous video of Tony Hawk. The first time he ever snowboarded, he was doing tricks and flips. I like Oh, for sure. Because you've got the moves down. So he knows yes. that he's doing enough to kind of get the vibe of it. So it wasn't Surfing crazy. Surfing and skating is similar enough. Yeah. And I will tell you this. I took Jordan, my husband, to snowboard for his first time. And he was better than me after the first day. And I was livid. I mean, <laughs> and I'm an okay dude. Was he leafing? Was he leafing? No, he didn't have to leaf at all. Okay. Oh, Sometimes if I get on like a black diamond, I'm leafing still because I get too nervous and what scared. Do you do? If I'm on a black diamond, I have woken up there by accident. He, he, he just took off. Like it was like I was sitting down talk, teaching him a little bit at Bunny Slope. We were on the Bunny Slope for maybe an hour. And then he's like, all right, let's go. 
and we went up to like a long, long, long slope, and he nailed it. And I could, but he's and he was killing. He's it. grown up surfing, skating. You know, he was. Oh, uh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. So he's got the mechanics. Like his body knew the movements already. I don't know if he would have been as good as what Johnny Tsunami was on the the mountain, but it's definitely safe to say it wouldn't take him long to pick yeah. it up and be great. So he wins. He wins the race. That was one of my other little problems I had with the movie. I would like to have seen maybe, maybe one more. Johnny getting better snowboarding montage before the race, before the race, because we kind of went from the first time where Sam is teaching him where he can tell he can get up and kind of maneuver, but he's still falling and on his face and stuff, which is obviously you need. Right. And then the going down to get the the help when everybody's precariously hanging off the the damn Which mountain. Which he still stumbled a little bit. Stumbled a little bit, but was able to hit the awesome jumps, but was yeah. stumbling a little bit. He right. fell. They showed that, which is uh-huh. a great way to show it. When they decide to go to the mountain when he gets into the fight with Brett, um, they show them all kind of rolling a little bit, which I loved. But then by the end, if they had had one more where it was like, hey, man, you're you're really starting to, to kill it. Like, brah, you've really picked this up. I <laughs> think that could have been great. <laughs> well, I think it's pronounced bruh. Isn't it bra? Bruh? Not bra, bra like bra. a bra a woman wears. Really? Well, they're both like very bra. supportive. Very supportive of you all the way around <laughs> is how I look at it. Um, and I think he says bra. He says, come on, bra. Me? On, oh, yeah. You know what? I think he does, too. He does actually pronounce it. But I think, well, nowadays, you know, bra is back. I did not know it was ever Bruh gone. Bra is back and it's ever gone. Thank God it left for a while, but it ah. is now back. I just did a week with some high school girls that were my songies, my girls. I love watching them dance. The amount of times I heard bruh and they they called their moms that. Yeah. Bruh. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Unbelievable. Please don't call your mother bruh. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah. yes, so I do agree. However, we've got to go back to we felt, you know, Descendants felt a little long. It yeah. was longer than that 90. Would that have pushed us over possibly. the edge into possibly? Possibly. Lo- I mean, they, but I'm sure they had enough footage to do another scene if they wanted to, right? I just loved because the music and the montage of them, I think I just wanted another one of those because they, they were, were the best parts of the movie. I, I really do think I, I loved. They were so good. I loved watching that sport and what they did with it. We loved it, but did everyone else is the question. So I think it's time we hop into our real reviews. Yes. Uh, as you know, we take real reviews from the internet machine. We do a five-star review and we do a one star review uh do you have a, a preference what you're gonna read today sabrina what would you rather do i will do the one star uh, okay you got it so i will start with the five star review this is by stellar motion it's a good family movie saw it for the first time when i was about 13 and then again a few years ago with my family it still holds up solid review all the way around nice nice the one star skies I'm disappointed that Johnny doesn't shoot waves out of his pee-pee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, that's right. the entire review. I'm disappointed that Johnny doesn't shoot waves out of his pee-pee. Someone <laughs> took the time to you write, <laughs> to write that review. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, uh, all right. That it's is... absolutely, that is a real review. And by the way, I agree. <laughs> I just want to say, as I was you sitting there to watching see the him movie, make some some yellow snow. <laughs> God, <it's> so <laughs> crazy, so weird. Oh, uh, that is so a weird. weird. One. But we are moving on now from that peepee related 
uh, review to our three and a half facts section, where, as you all know, three of the facts that we will say are completely real and half fact or the half fact is something that we've heard uh, but cannot verify. So the first one, we actually talked about this a little bit. Uh, yes. The character, the uh, grandfather who played Johnny Tsunami is Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa, and he is only nine years older than Juji Okamoto, who was Johnny's dad. Johnny's dad. Yes. So, yeah, the, the grandfather, the actors who were playing grandfather and dad were nine years apart. Did you feel that red uh, on TV? Did you feel that they looked no, really I, close I, in age? I felt they looked close in age, but I also, I, it wasn't so jarring for me that yeah, I was like, oh either. man, this was this was poorly cast. Okay. I, I felt the same. I also like these two actors so much that I frankly didn't care. Excited to see them on the channel, right? That's awesome. Yeah, and excited to see them together. And, together, uh, you know, yes. they've been in so many things that I've loved that I was uh, I was good with it. So that's, that's the first one. The, the two actors were only nine years apart. All right. The second one, very odd coincidence. Yuji Okamoto also played the main villain in Karate Kid 2, which we talked uh -huh. about. Yep. And his co-star, Mary Page Keller who plays his wife in this, is married to Thomas Ian Griffith in real life. He was the main villain in Karate Kid 3. Our third real fact, we already talked about some of the obvious differences between the actors and the stunt doubles. Also, when the actor playing Johnny Tsunami is snowboarding, his snowboarded goofy foot, so that's the other that's way me. around. That's, that's left, left, left in front. Um, but when the scene cuts to the more skilled moves, he's riding regular. Oh, so his stunt double was a regular. His stunt double was was a regular. Oh, and now do you want to do do our half fact, which we're yes. not sure is real at all and could just be spreading rumors in the world? We could be spreading rumors. I'm a little nervous to do this. This is a good one. This is a good rumor <laughs> spreader. All right. Brandon Baker, who played young Johnny, made out with his love interest. Is that now, if this is wrong. He, I. That's what I'm saying. I'm kind of scared to say. He claims it in a recent interview. But for confirmation, we're going to need to hear from herself. We are. So hopefully we get a chance to, to, to ask her because that's one we could be uh, just spreading rumors. Uh, the utterly irredeemable bad guy is another trope because you get a lot of movies. Again, go back to Cry to Kid where at the end, Johnny comes up to, to Daniel and kind of says, hey, LaRusso, good match. You know, yeah. in this movie... Brett don't care at all about this guy. He He's never going to, like, the next day at school is still going to suck for Johnny. This yes. has changed nothing. <laughs> this has changed nothing. <laughs> if anything, it might get worse. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what I thought about. I mean, it's very strange. He's not going to, he keeps cheating all the time, knocking him over, pushing him down the hill. Now his best friend bails on him mm -hmm. and becomes friends with Johnny. Right. Also mentions earlier on that he's tried snowboarding before, that best friend. Does he? I don't remember that. Dang it. That was one of my sprites. I jumped <gasps> the gun. <laughs> nice. You, you jumped he, the gun. He they talk about that he he has tried before. Like he did it and he... Why Brett did or the other guy? No, the other guy. The friend. Well, yeah, because well, though they show the friend, remember he stands on the board in front of the thing and shoots out from underneath him. And that's why he says, I'm never getting on one of oh, those Oh, is again. that all they're saying? Yeah, I think that's what they mean. Oh, all right. He's just cheating at every like, Single possibility, pushing, yep. all of that. He he takes his magazine, he throws it away like a jerk. I was so upset that he Which did he that. loaned him, which he loaned him. He's like, just give it back when yeah, you're done, bruh. Like, just not necessary, bruh. You're just too much, you know. And then 
it leads up to one of the things I was going to bring up a little bit in Sabrina C's. I had a quite, kind of kind of a lot long list, but are there many fights with an actual punch to the face in Disney Channel movies? I thought the same thing. That caught me off guard. There was an actual punch. An yep. actual punch. There was an actual punch. I agree. I don't know if that that was done before, but I don't think I remember seeing those happening no. in Disney Channel movies. Like no, I agree. Pushing and whatever, yep. and maybe getting in each other's face, but an actual punch. I that I, I, I don't think we'd ever seen that. I, I agree. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. 
Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There is one thing I want to start doing because I think it's going to be very important and we'll do we'll we'll do it quickly. Okay. But we've got to start rating or ranking our Disney villains from from the movies that we've seen. So, I want to ask you. I love this. I'm so I'm so excited. Here we go. Yes. Val from Brink. Uh-huh. M- Maleficent. The bad biker flirting guy in President's Daughter and Brett that we've just seen. How do you rank those? Let's say most Ooh. bad to least bad. Most bad to least bad. Okay. Um, and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep track of this. Okay. So you got to put Maleficent as the worst, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you mean like she's the most bad? She's the most bad. Yeah, because she was really trying to ruin everyone's life, and she's also like magically bad. Yes. So there's yeah. no doubt that she could do. I mean, she became a dragon, so yeah, it's like I agree. You know how do, how do you fight that? Can't can't really do it. The next one up would be what well, I feel like the biker guys were scary because they could really happen. That could really you could really be chased around. See, by like, I think no, we're talking about we're talking about Steve because it's got to be one guy. Remember oh, the Steve. Steve. Oh, Steve, biker guy. See, I thought I, I was more terrified about those truckers that were coming. I up. know, but I think Steve's <laughs> got to be the bad guy. And I'm going to be honest, there was. Steve seemed like he had some pretty awful things in mind for Hallie, not letting her yes. out of the house and stuff. So I would honestly put him as next most bad right, guy. Right above it. Yeah. Yeah. And then this guy. And then this guy. And, and then Val? No. And then Val. And then this guy. I agree. Okay. So Maleficent yes. is the worst. Steve is second worst. Brett, and then Val is third. And then Brett's the least. I mean, he just was like okay. a... Like a rich kid, pompous jerk. Yeah, he you're wasn't right, really. You're right. yep. I I was Val scared me. Like I thought, just one little click of a switch, and we yep. might see a real crazy psycho from Val. I agree with you. He could go real crazy, real quick. I felt like Maleficent's yeah. the worst. Steve is the next worst. Val is the next worst, and then Brett is the is the final guy. Yes. Okay. I like yes. it. 
That's All right. good. That's, That's our list. Wonderful. We will keep, we'll keep track. That's our list so far. But okay. we also have to talk about one of the best parts of this movie is the <laughs> name. Johnny Tsunami is pretty much one of the most wonderful names uh, in Disney Channel original movie history. But is it the best name in Disney Channel original history? So uh... let's, for instance, Johnny Tsunami or Jackal Johnson from the Cheetah Girls. <laughs> what wins there? <laughs> Jackal. Jackal Johnson. You think Jackal oh. wins that one? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so Johnny Tsunami or Chad Charming from The Descendants? Johnny Tsunami. Agreed. Chad Charming didn't, didn't hit me too hard. Here's one we have not watched yet, but we've done okay. the research on. Johnny Tsunami or Movie Mason from Phantom of the Megaplex? Ooh, I forgot about that name. Okay. All right. Which one? Jeez, um, I guess Movie Mason. You think you like that more than Johnny Tsunami? Well, I don't like any of them more than Johnny what? Tsunami. <laughs> it's my favorite movie. I know, but we're talking just no. I, I'd have to say Johnny Tsunami. Yeah, Johnny. Okay, Tsunami. so yeah. Johnny Tsunami over Movie Mason. Johnny Tsunami or Mister Fister? Now that's just going over you the lucky line dog. And it just <laughs> Mister. Fister. Mr. I don't even Fister know. From you lucky dog. That is a terrible sentence that I cannot believe Agreed. lives in the Disney Channel world Agreed. at all. I'm picking Johnny Tsunami just because I don't ever want to meet a Mr. Fister. I don't even want to do this movie. I know, but we have to. I don't want to have to say that over and over again. do you lucky dog, but we are going to say Mr. Fister. You know what's not on this list is Drink a Champagne from the Cheetah Girls. Drink a Champagne is great too. That, yep. that name was... And yep. just... Champagne in general yeah. on the channel is kind of funny. I think, drink a champagne is a good one too. Okay, we'll All keep right. adding to this list because there's going to be a ton there's gonna be more. Some great ones. There's going to be a ton more. Have we covered all your Sabrina C's? No, we did not. Sabrina so one of them I would say was the hat that Sam he ends up getting. Yeah, and that Sam says he has to earn, and then he kind of earns it. Right. It didn't really follow it. It didn't really seem, except for it just made it harder to distinguish which was Sam and which was Johnny when they were on the mountains. Like it really kind of was just lost. I in think space. anything to cover their face at that anything, point. Anything at that point, right? Yeah. Anything to you know that kind of was it. One of the things the character this one of the Sabrina sees that I really was kind of interested in was we talk about characters that kind of just don't get developed and like you see them, you feel like they're going to be really high importance. And then they kind of are, could have had more was the two brothers that we end up realizing at the end. Yes. First of all, that totally got me. I don't remember that part at all. <laughs> I didn't remember it either. I kept going, why does he look familiar? He does. Yeah. But if, if anything, it just made me start thinking, why is he important? You know, and yeah. again, I get it what the importance is, but I feel like that character, especially the one, the snowboarding shop character yeah was so good they should have given him more like yeah. he, i really believe they should have given him more in the movie a hundred percent i think it was to show that that it was even between brothers they were split apart sky and urchin right you know that was that you know that's even, what i said i understood but right. i felt there he could have had one or two extra scenes okay than what we I, I wouldn't have a problem with that like that actor killed that character so good i think so too so those besides the other thing i i had a really hard time with the house that johnny tsunami the beach bum lived the in very wealthy house 
The <laughs> idea how they got there to Hawaii seemed outrageous. Yep. And then my last one was the medal that he's wearing while he's snowboarding. And all of a sudden, at the perfect opportunity to just make the stakes higher of this raise, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the medal. Okay. I've spent lots of time with Sean Johnson, Olympic athlete, Olympic gymnast. Yes. Wow. We did Dancing with the Stars um, oh, right. at sea together. Okay. She never once pulled out that that gold medal. So I I'm not sure if it just is unrealistic to have a medal on at all times. He just wanted to or... snowboard with it apparently. You just keep this it with you just in case. So crazy. I just that killed me. I I but that was a bust out laughing like It's a great why? one. Why? Why are you wearing that? I didn't even think about it. So yeah, another good Sabrina sees. Why are you wearing your giant heavy medal? While you're snowboarding. While you're snowboarding out of nowhere. Well, it is now that time uh, of the program in which we are going to rate the film. Uh, how do you think we should rate this? Should this be one out of ten hijacked military planes or <laughs> bras, Hawaiian shirts? Uh, I like how about surf, surf medals that you shouldn't be carrying with you as you're actually snowboarding? <laughs> surf medals. <laughs> I like which... hijacked, well, it's hijacked military planes too. So uh, perfect. Too I love it. it. I, and it's, I'm sold on it. So what do you got? You go huh? first. I need you to go first. I feel like I always go first. Okay. You got to do it. Fair enough. I liked this movie. Okay. I had very small little problems with it. I liked this movie. I would give this a solid eight hijacked military planes. Nice. I really, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought his character was super likable. Um, mm -hmm. I thought the story was great. Moving a kid, a Hawaiian kid who's grown up on the beach, moving him all the way to Vermont. Uh, I thought that was great. Again, typical, some typical Disney channel tropes that you're going to see all the time. But sure. overall, I really, I, I enjoyed this movie. It was a good watch. It really was. And I thought Lee Thompson young was really, really good in this movie. And I thought he shined a bit in this film, played a great best friend. I loved his range when he was getting angry at some of the, you know, his kind of Johnny had to hold him back. Yeah. But I also loved Johnny. I love, they did things in this movie that a lot of kids don't do and need to like with Johnny sharing the magazine. I keep going back to that, but like, Hey, just take it and give it back to me when you're done. Thanking Lee. So rarely do you see these characters when they're lying on the, on the bed and they're just talking and he's showing them surf videos. He just turns to me. And he's like, I just want to thank you for kind of being my friend and taking me under your wing. And he's like, Hey, don't worry totally. about it, man. I've had that's, it's nice to see. That's characters talk like that where it's like i want to just take a moment to just thank you for hanging out with me and being my buddy I, I i really liked it i liked the characters i liked the acting uh the music was great i could watch snow good snowboarding scenes and surfing scenes all day long so i was in solid eight hijacked military planes how about you I'm going to go with the nine. Nice. I loved the movie back in the day. I loved watching it again. Uh, we are in, I just, I think it's, it's a feel good movie. It is. Like you said, that, that scene for whatever with me also resonated the just appreciating and, and showing kids that, you know, to, to have conversations and it be okay to, to thank them, you know, yeah. for doing something that you really, really appreciated. I loved the idea that that brought in the storyline of him, you know, going, I've been the new I've been kid there. Yeah. over and over again. And it's hard, you know, and I, I think especially at this age that the kids are in so much of life is hard. High school's tough being different 
is tough. All of that is big. And I just love that part of the storyline, which I don't think I ever really fully connected. Um, and so watching it, I think that's my, uh, my mama bear watching it, you know, type <laughs> yeah. of thing, if that's yeah. whatever happens to my kids. Um, but yeah, I, I thought all of the characters were great. I thought the actors did an awesome job. One small critique that would take it away from being like a 9.5 would just be the obvious stunt doubles. That's the yeah. only thing that yeah. again, back then though, when I was 12, 13 watching this, it didn't, didn't affect me now right. a little older sure it took a little bit of the sparkle from it for me but other than that love 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 will watch it again i, I know for sure you know all right maybe, maybe tomorrow John <laughs> so good. johnny tsunami brock you got to watch whenever you can johnny yeah. tsunami we have just uh watched another good Disney Channel movies, solid all the way around the 90s, man. The 90s had some great Disney Channel movies. So thank you so much for joining. Uh, we got to watch one that's not so good. We got to watch. We got to find. Well, hey, we got to search. One that maybe is on the not oh, great. Our next movie. Yes. Join us. We are watching The Tower of Terror next. Ugh. So can't wait. We are getting into it now. We have had some great movies and we are going to continue to have great movies. So thank you so much once again for joining us. Go back and watch Johnny Tsunami again and uh, count the number of times these kids almost die. Uh, <laughs> crazy. Tower of Terror, if you want to join uh, us, by the way, and watching it, it is on YouTube. That was one of the ones we were able to find. So uh, yeah, give it a watch and then join us to uh, to recap it. We really can't wait. And remember to subscribe to our feed. And like I said before, you can follow us at Magical Rewind Pod on Instagram. Thank you so much, Sabrina. It's been wonderful seeing you again. And I will see you next time for the Tower of Terror. Yes. Bye, everybody. Bye. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, this time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment. 
Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.